Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Aviella over Zoom video. Aviella was born and raised in upstate New York, and she talks about how she got into music, was always into music and songwriting. She started writing music and songs at eight years old. She picked up the guitar at 10. Around the same time, she was learning cover songs, actually, and writing her own songs, put together a 30-minute set and was going around playing in the local Rochester area at that young of an age. At the very end of the interview, we find out that she actually had a chance to go to John Legend's house at, I think, 10 or 11 and play a song for him, which is <laughs> wild to think about. Her parents were so supportive that they moved their entire family, her two sisters, her parents and her, moved from New York to Los Angeles when she was 14 years old to pursue a career in the music industry. She talked about getting involved with EDM music through SoundCloud, working with different producers, and she's now had over 50 cuts with some of the biggest producers and DJs on the planet right now. You'll hear her songs with Slushy on like Rocket League. She's got songs on Fortnite. The amount of success she has had in this EDM world is amazing. She started putting out songs of her own. The first one she put out ended up going number one on the dance charts. So she signed a record deal in 2020 during a pandemic with Denmark, which is Steve Aoki's label. And she also had a number one U.S. dance charts radio single. We hear about the new song she has coming out and her most recent record called Comfortable. You can watch the interview with Aviella on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, it would be awesome if you were to follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review if you have a chance. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Aviella. Uh, this is about you and your journey in music and how you got to where you are now. Yay. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. I'm Adam also. I didn't know if I introduced myself. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. So awesome. First off, I, I did read that you are you originally from upstate New York? I am. Small little town, Fairport. Yeah. Fairport? Yes. Are you familiar at all with upstate New York? I am not in the least. I'm actually from originally from San Diego. And oh, I love San Diego. Yeah. I, my family and I moved to Nashville outskirts about a year ago. So wow. other than California, I only know this little town that I'm in now. How do you like Nashville? I've never been there before, but everybody keeps telling me such amazing things about it. So I have to go someday. I love it here. Honestly. I mean, I'm a California kid. So I, coming here was just totally, I mean, it's the South. It's totally different than what I'm used to, but I absolutely love it here. It's slower pace, but a lot of, you know, it's just so much, it, there's so much nature and everything. It's just beautiful out here. We love it. I love that. Yeah. So, um, but originally, uh, well, tell me about upstate New York. What's that like? Yeah. Small little town. I'm from Rochester, so it's cold there um, most of the time. I've heard of Rochester, and actually. That's kind of like you're almost close to Ohio, aren't you? I'm so bad at directions and like all <laughs> geography. <laughs> okay. All good. I have an uncle that lives in Cleveland and he works out in Rochester sometimes. So I think he drives there. So it must not be that horribly yeah. far. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of open roads, definitely. Right on. Nature. Um, 
got the lakes and lots of snow. Um, but yeah, now I'm in California. I've been here for a little over 10 years now. Wow. Okay. So you've been out here for a while then or out, yeah. I guess there now for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, growing up in Rochester area, how did you get into music? Family musical at all? No, actually. I have always been into music. I have always known that this is what I want to do with my life. It's always been my passion. And it's funny because my mom tells me that when I was way little, I used to sing to get her attention while I was in the crib. I would never cry. And oh. growing up, I learned how to songwrite when I was really little, just by myself, writing phonetically how I thought things were spelled. And I always get ideas that come to me in the bath usually. So I remember asking my mom like down the hall hey mom bring me my songwriting book I just had an idea and I know we have it somewhere I have to search for it one of these days because I'm yeah, sure that'd be cool to find right yeah definitely so I've just always been music has always been my life okay so you I mean songwriting that early were you writing melodies and just like the lyrics down like how did how are you songwriting that early did you play an instrument that young also I learned how to play guitar when I was 10, so okay. I think that definitely helped. But even prior to that, just writing, growing up, listening to a lot of music and just being surrounded by listening to it. I think, I mean, I grew up listening to all different genres, mm -hmm. <laughs> Metallica, and then there was Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears. So very diverse, boys to men. Um, so a little bit of everything. And I think I have pieces of that influence in my writing when I started when I was so young. So mm -hmm. I think that for me, sometimes the melody and the lyrics comes almost simultaneously. Oh, interesting. And then do you what, try to put chords to what you've done? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I started initially writing when I learned how to play guitar. So I would do both of those things together. And then since then, it's kind of evolved into now with the tracks underneath and EDM right. music. Cool, cool. I noticed that you're a lefty, unless my camera's backwards. <laughs> no, I'm a righty. <laughs> oh, you are? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've always been a little bit ambidextrous. Like I can kind of do a little bit with both. Well, I'm just because your guitar looks like it's left handed from where I'm looking at, it, but maybe it's just because it's flipped because of the camera, probably, I guess. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. She's left handed. Um, okay. So, wow, 10 years old. Why did you decide on guitar? What drew you to guitar? Oh, that's so interesting. I honestly don't know what what sparked it in me. I just thought that it would be a cool instrument to learn. So I picked it up. Um, took lessons for a short period of time. And then I actually put together my own 30 minute singing and guitar solo show that I would perform out around Rochester. So I would perform at the festivals and the New York State Fair. And I, it would just be little me on stage with my guitar for a half hour. And I would sing all the popular songs that I listened to on the radio and just mostly learn them by ear. Really? So <laughs> you're okay. So you, you have like the pit, perfect pitch type uh, ear where you could hear something and then figure out how to play it pretty quickly. <laughs> thank, well, thank you. Pitch <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yeah, I like to hear things and then it just processes and comes together that way. Okay. And so you, you came up with a 30 minute set of just all cover songs, cover songs. And then I would also mix in my original songs. I put wow. out my first album when I was, I think 10 actually. Um, <laughs> 
so funny. Yeah. So just little, and it's funny because like one of the songs was called ready for today. And it was just about waking up and being excited for the day and going to school and being involved in my music. And it, it's so funny to hear the evolution now and look back on that. And I've never given up. Wow. So you, you must have this record still, obviously. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> how did you record it? Did your parents, were they that supportive? And they're like, okay, well, obviously they were, if they're letting you do shows and stuff that young, but like, where do you go record this record? Or was it something you just did in your house? Well, I actually do record a lot of my own things and it's always- Yeah, I see your blue way. mic over there. Yeah, I've had this guy. <laughs> actually, this one came from New York with me here. So I've had it oh, over wow. 10 years. And I've been featured on over 50 songs in the EDM world. And yeah. um, I just recorded here in my room by myself on this microphone that I've been using now really? for over 10 years. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So I learned how to vocal produce when I was really young. And it started off just on GarageBand, like learning how to record my own vocals and then plug in my guitar and learn how to do that. So most of it was done that way. And then I also was very fortunate to work with the house of guitars in upstate New York, which is iconic. So I worked with them on some of the songs too. Wow. That's amazing. So at 10 years old, you're doing this, you're putting shows together and how does that evolve through what middle school and high school did you, were you in bands or anything or was it all mainly just your own songs? Yeah, just my own stuff. And I begged my parents to move to California when I was really little, around the same time that I was learning how to play guitar and record the vocals and performing. It was always such a big part of me. And I had seen that there were so many opportunities in California. And I begged my parents for the longest time. And they were like, well, maybe it's just a phase. Like, she's really young, you know? Mm -hmm. And it just kept getting stronger. And the, the passion just like burning so much inside me. And I have two young sisters actually and my parents up and left everything in New York and moved here so that I could pursue my dreams. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That is amazing. I'm curious real quick on why did you not choose New York City? I mean, obviously you're super close to New York City. Uh, you want to come all the way to LA. What was the draw to Los Angeles? Honestly, that's such a good question because I was so young and I had actually gone back and forth to New York City quite a bit for auditions and for music meetings and things. So I was definitely familiar with the area when I was younger. And I think mm -hmm. part of it, <laughs> I think a lot of it actually had to do with the weather, too, because it was mm. so... <laughs> snowy still like going sure. back and forth and I remember I would take the train with my mom so we would do like a full day we would leave early in the morning take the train to the city and then go back and it was about like a six hour seven hour travel so um I had come to California and I just remember being so in awe by every single aspect of it like the stars and and the hollywood sign and the palm trees and the weather and just everything about it was so amazing to me and i had visited with my dad a couple times before we actually made the move here and it just felt like home mm -hmm. that's that's funny you brought up palm trees because uh, I lived in San Francisco for i come from radio and i did san it was on the radio in san francisco for a handful of years and somebody mentioned to me, like when we'd go back down to San Diego, they're like, gosh, there's so many palm trees in San Diego or in Southern California because there isn't yeah. any up in Northern California. And I never thought about it until this guy said that. And then like I'm driving, I'm like, God, there really are like so many palm trees. They're just everywhere. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
just that image in my head of driving down and seeing palm trees like lining both sides of the the road and mm-hmm. it's just so beautiful it's something it's just something we took advantage of or i didn't even realize was there because it's just all, all i knew so that yeah. he mentions that and i'm like oh my god like you're right there really are a lot of, yeah. a lot of palm trees all over the place yeah that's fine well so how old were you when you moved to la I was, I believe, 14. Yeah, 13, wow. 14. So just starting high school. So your parents were like all in. You were about, I mean, about at the young. That's so cool. Like, I mean, you. I've got a 13-year-old. And if he was like, I'm really passionate about this. I want to move to Boston or whatever. I'd be like, eh, let's uh, put a pin in that until I'm really confident that <laughs> this is what you exactly, want to do. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, having that support from my family is incredible. But it is funny because I do remember being so young and telling my parents, like, just take the risk. I promise, like, this is what I want to do with my life. That's never going to change. And they had seen that in me from such a young age, being sure. the force of what I wanted to do and performing. Like, that was always me. It was always me, like, wanting to be on stage just feels like home so much and just the music has always been such a huge part of my life and they saw that in me at that young age so I think they had that um idea that it wasn't going to go away sure but wow that's I mean that's incredible to have such supportive parents that they're going to uproot their lives not only theirs but your two younger sisters like we're all moving to LA let's do this yeah I know crazy wow wow and then did you start going to high school when you got to Los Angeles yes how is that? Like, I mean, you're coming from the from New York. Now you're moving clear across the whole country, like literally the other side of the country. And now you're meeting all these California kids. Like, was that a culture shock for you? No, I think I've been able to kind of fit in. Um, well, I was bullied a lot when I was younger and through middle school. And I was just very unique. I would dress very differently and express myself mm-hmm. in different ways. And I think moving here was kind of that fresh start for me because I think that it is so open-minded and everybody here has such a way of expressing themselves. And I felt like I could completely be that creative person that I always wanted to be. So for me, it was definitely not a culture shock. I had, I, I just was able to completely like immerse myself in my music and expressing myself the way that I fully wanted to. Mm-hmm. Was that something that was difficult for you to come into this new school and be like, yeah, I'm a musician. Like, did, were, did you have to kind of prove yourself to these kids? Not really. I don't oh, think okay. so. I think I always just did did what I did. I would make YouTube covers and put them on YouTube when I was really little. And I think I started that when I was maybe eight, actually, <laughs> a YouTube channel. And it was under my oh, Wow. Dad. YouTube name, which was a mix between my name and my younger sister's name. So my YouTube is Aviela one. And that was always what I had posted my videos under, but I had taken the songs that I would perform out or that I would just learn from listening and post them onto YouTube. And it's funny because I remember when I moved to California, (laughs) my teachers would sometimes pull up my YouTube videos in the middle of class and play it for everybody. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, that's funny that you gave the the a YouTube channel like the handle out. Is there still stuff on there of you like at that age, or did you hide uh, the hide the account? Yeah, yeah. Now it's oh, okay. Not, it's mostly like just the recent stuff, but yeah. Uh, oh, oh, so you kept the same? What you just change the name on the hand of the yeah. thing? Okay, yeah. you kept the channel. Got you. Yeah. I didn't know if like if somebody typed that in, if it was gonna find like 
these videos of you at eight, like doing these YouTube there covers. Are some. There are that's some cool though. They're not on the channel, but they're I'm sure somewhere, somewhere yeah, on I'm like can dig one up on the internet. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's funny. I went through them the other day, just looking back at all of the memories of the things that I've done. And I posted little clips on Instagram. And it's funny to see also like the difference between my hair colors throughout all the years. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Before I went purple. Okay. I used to dye my hair when I was a kid too. That's funny. Uh, it was yeah. just like all the different phases. Like I could go back and look as well. Like, Oh, okay. I remember like these years of being yeah. this hair color. And, uh, yeah. and I haven't done that for numerous years, but, um, <laughs> wow. So what were you like when you're going through looking at those old videos, what songs kind of jumped out to you? You're like, Oh wow. I, forgot, I can't remember. I, I covered this. Okay. So there's a Katy Perry song called thinking of you. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's, beautiful I'm sure if i played it and i played that song a lot when i was that was younger. awesome i know <laughs> the song now that you sang it yeah i always loved that song so that was one of the ones that i was looking back and was like wow memories that's cool that is cool how long did you keep the youtube thing going as far as the covers all throughout high school okay yeah and then so now oh, it's mostly um, through Dimmock because I'm now signed to a label, which is super exciting. So I did Steve Aoki people. run that label? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, so you, but you obviously, I want to talk to you about how that all happened, but yeah. so you're doing YouTube covers and then what is the next step? Like how do you eventually get your first cut like on a, on a song or like what was the kind of the progression of, of your music career there? When I found EDM music and I was just so inspired by a lot of times I would even hear it on the radio. And now that I look back and think about it, like Zed songs that I would hear on the radio mm -hmm. that I didn't actually even realize were da was dance music. And when I actually found the, the dance music, I wanted to be a part of it. And I would um, take actually covers of like a Chainsmoker song and make it more um instead of stripping it down to be guitar i would make like a new version of it and post that to youtube and then i posted it to soundcloud and it started to gain some attention and i had just started collaborating so mm -hmm. i would work with producers and djs and they would send tracks and i would put top lines on them and then it would go back and forth and most of the time they weren't even in-person sessions which is also really interesting everything's on the internet for the most part so for a long time i was doing that and then i have had now collaborations with with many DJs, um, Slushy, mm -hmm. Quicks, Arm & Hammer, and I had done 50 of those. And I thought, wow. hey, I think maybe it's time to start working on my own solo artist project. So in addition to the collaborating and the featuring, I, I really wanted to start working on my own music. And that's where I found Dimmock and now I'm signed. That's crazy. I, I love Slushy. I interviewed him like really early on when we started this podcast. He's a great oh, guy when he was yeah. kind of bigger. <laughs> he was a big boy then. And we're working on some really cool music right now that I'm super excited about. That's awesome. There's a I don't even know if I should say this, but who cares? Uh, there's this like rumor flying around. Like I like I just said, I'm from I came from radio and there's a guy at I was on the alternative radio station, but we we're in this the same cluster and there was a, a top 40 station there. And this guy was really into EDM and, and DJing and, and mixing and stuff. And he had this whole theory about how slushy is actually 
the he writes all the songs for marshmallow he's got this whole like this oh whole like, thing that like the that marshmallow is actually slushy and he's just kind of oh, plays the part of him and i'm like yeah <laughs> like he's a ghostwriter for him oh my gosh uh, I just, yeah anyway it was just really funny like this uh, this total conspiracy theory that he's came up with in his brain and i'm like i don't know man i, I interviewed him and He's got his own thing that's really working. I don't see why he would be yeah. uh, spending that much time oh ghostwriting for him. Yeah, um, we, we had a session the other night and we've been continuously working together for years now. We have a song on Rocket League called All I Need Together. And that started with the top line that I had originally came up with. And he took it and like chopped it up a bunch of really cool ways. And it was like the main song on Rocket League for a while. Whoa, that's you? Oh yeah, my gosh, Mike. That's so awesome. I get it. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my kid's going to freak out because he. Oh my gosh. He loves that game. I mean, yeah. it was like massive for a yeah. while. I mean, especially during like COVID. Yeah, exactly. It's and so then funny. Go- People on TikTok call me the Rocket League girl now. <laughs> that's so that's crazy. Yeah, because he's like, dude, he like comes in, he's like, Slushy does the song for Rocket League, and he's like all amped about it. And now I'm gonna be like, and guess what? She sings the top yeah. line. That's yeah. insane. That is cool. Did you guys know, obviously, when that happened, was it something that you knew was in the works or? No, actually, it was just a fun little thing that we quickly came up with together. And I had no clue that it was going to go on to do that. I mean, with Rocket League and Fortnite. And then I have another song with Pixel Terror that's in um, Rocket League and Fortnite. So it's just been incredible. That is so cool. That is, I mean, those are the biggest games in the world. I mean, Fortnite's the biggest game that will probably ever, I mean, aside from, I don't know, I'm not really, I have two boys that play video games all day. Um, How old are they? One's, well, 13 and one's five. The five-year-old like crushes it on, on uh, Fortnite. We like, my wife and I are like, we need to get him a channel. Like literally like he will get on, he plays on a switch too, which apparently is harder. I don't, I don't really know. But he'll like get, you know, he'll win the games oh like 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 five, six times out of 10. He'll he'll win the whole thing. Wow. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> like he's pushing all these buttons, like building like I'm just like, yeah. but um, he would probably know all the songs that you sing on as well. It's just yeah. that's so rad that you I mean, to be a part of that. I mean, that's such a big thing. Obviously, it's like the biggest thing there is. <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah. yeah that's rad well you've also worked with i mean the other you get signed to steve aoki's label like all that well, that's crazy but like so you did the top line thing for a long time and then when do you decide like okay i want to start my own artist project it was actually right before covid so i got signed to my first record deal in the middle of a pandemic and then when wow. I have a number one song on U.S. dance radio, like all during a pandemic. <laughs> so that's so crazy. Yeah, it was very interesting. But I definitely was able to focus and hone in on my craft and on my music and creating and writing a lot during that time. So there's a lot of music coming. That is cool. So did you like I mean, in the when you were doing a lot of top lining stuff, was it were you still writing a bunch of songs on your own? And then what somebody would send you like, oh, hey, here's a here's a track. Can you put something on this or do they like how does that work? A lot of times you just write everything after that. Like, here's the song and you just write the lyrics and the melody. Or do the does the producer come with with you with lyrics and everything goes? Can you do what I'm sending you? Or is it a little bit of both? 
It's a little bit of both. I feel that in the past, it was more of like, here's a track and I'm looking for a vocal on it. So then I would write it and I would like figure out the melody and everything and then record the vocal and send it back. And most of the time, that's usually how it's gone for me. Mm-hmm. Lately, working on my own project and, and even still collaborating, it's been more of a from scratch kind of thing, which I love because then I'm able to like sit there and figure out what sound I want and, and specifically what I'm hearing and work on those kinds of things and and also adding in the live elements too. So it's been really fun to be able to work from it both ways Mm -hmm. and not just like one straight road of like, it's always done the same way. It's always different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was the, well, I'm curious on, maybe I think you answered this, but I'm like, what was the first like cut you get and how did that happen? Was it all through SoundCloud? I think you were talking about SoundCloud. So you get on, but what was the first record that like really kind of, elevated to the next level and you're like wow like i can't believe i got to do this or this song i didn't realize this song was going to do what it did and it just went massive I think each there's elements of each song that I've been a part of that I feel that way about because okay. they're all such pieces of me. Um, I think that the first time I was actually like, wow, this is this is, you know, something so special. I had a song with Barclay Crenshaw and it was completely different from what I was working on Um And it's kind of like an alien sort of song. So it was very fun and creative and and unique. And when I worked on that and I I was able to actually sing the song live um, a while back, I think that opened a lot of possibilities for me. So I just continued to do all different kinds of subgenres of EDM. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And so do you, were you able to like tour with some of these artists and come out and sing the song that you were featured on? Here and there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, pre-pandemic. Like, yeah, <laughs> obviously. Not, not, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> pre-pandemic. I mean, I've been able to perform a lot around um, LA mm-hmm. and then I actually was able to get on stage with Slushy and Pixel Terror at EDC a couple months ago. So that was wow. Awesome. And then um, my song, Tell Me What You're Thinking, and also my song that just came out, Comfortable, I was able to perform with Steve Aoki on stage. So that was also really cool. Oh, wow. That is huge. That is so cool. And so you start writing, when do you start putting out songs on your, like, okay, I'm going to do an artist project. I'm going to put my own music out. Like when, when did that decision? That was the summer of 2020. And I actually oh, was. Okay. announced that I was signed to Denmark on my birthday. So that oh, wow. was incredible. Just the most amazing feeling. And When's your birthday? Chances? My birthday is August 12th. So it okay. was really- cool that I was able to like celebrate those things together and just know like there's so many amazing things ahead mm-hmm. so um, I put out my first song I think it was maybe like September that year and just continued and now I'm working on my second EP wow so when you get so when you signed with them were, did you have a bunch of records beforehand that you were kind of pitching and trying to get a label interest like how did they or how did you guys meet and how did that all happen so I actually met, <laughs> I actually met um, one of the people working at the label at a party that I knew what he was going to be at. 
<laughs> oh, um, we were both invited on Facebook and his name is Lorne. So I had seen that he was going to be at the party. So I actually went there by myself. I didn't know a single person at the party and I knew he was going to be there. So I found him and I tapped him on the shoulder and I introduced myself. And he said, you know what? I actually have heard of you before because you have a song with our artist Quicks. And I had performed it just probably a week prior. So he was there and he had seen oh. me perform. So I introduced myself and I said, I would love to like listen to my music with you and just talk about things. And he said, all right, come into my office. So we were sharing my music back and forth for probably about a year. And then I met Steve Aoki and shortly after I was signed. Wow. And then I'll, and then the signing obviously happened over the, over the pandemic. Was that yeah. like a zoom call or, or did you actually get to go in and, and no, sign the paperwork and like no, make a whole thing of it? Yeah, it was it was on the internet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard this story a few times though. And it's like I'm sure you could I mean to be able to announce it on your birthday that had to be a big celebration. Like tell me how your family reacted. They must have been so happy for you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They've been completely supportive of everything that I've done all my life. So I think that it was definitely um they they were ready for it and I was ready for it. And mm -hmm. ever since it's just completely continued to be such an amazing thing. Yeah. They're like, I knew we should have moved to LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So tell me about the new song comfortable and you feet yeah, quicks features on this song, right? So it's kind yeah. of like a reverse. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So the song that basically put me on the radar with Dimmock was my song with Quicks and uh -huh. it was featuring Aviella at the time. So it's so cool that we're able to do a similar kind of thing as an Aviella song now, years later. Mm -hmm. It's just cool how like things come full circle sometimes, you know? Sure. Yeah. Well, tell me about the song. Yeah, so Comfortable, um, I co-wrote this song with some amazing writers, and it was very important for us to get across the point of you can, whether you're in a relationship, not in a relationship, um, that confidence that you have in yourself and just being that person that can stand alone independently and be comfortable with who you are. That was the message that we were really going for. And I remember when we were originally working on the song, the lyrics were, um, part of it was my friends give me more than anyone. And I, I saw that and I was like, you know what? I think we could maybe switch it and have it be because I give me more than anyone, because obviously like it's great. It's great to have your friends and great to have a support group of amazing people in your life. But at the end of the day, how do you ultimately feel about yourself? And we really wanted to portray something that everyone can resonate with is having that comfortability with who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. So I had this idea, like, let's release it around Valentine's Day and it can be like a self-empowerment song. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's a brilliant idea. And did you record that in the studio or is it recorded on your blue mic? I recorded it right here. Did you really? That's yep. so awesome. So you, is all your stuff done in your house like that? For this, the most part? No, actually, um, this is just my little area that I've put together. <laughs> But that's where you record your vocals. Yeah, this is where I record everything. Oh my gosh, that's right so. Here. I mean, that just shows you that you don't need to spend a hundred thousand dollars on going to a big fancy studio. You can just exactly. do it do it yourself now. It's crazy. Yeah, totally. Did the pandemic allow you? Like, how did that affect you as far as music goes? Like, what, did it allow just more time to focus on your music, or did it screw up plans that you had for certain releases? 
I think I was really lucky in the sense that it didn't really, it didn't mess anything up as far as release schedule or anything. It really gave me an opportunity to focus on what music we were creating. I had done a lot of writing during that time, which is why now I have so many songs that are ready and I can't wait to share with the world because during that time I was so focused on just writing and getting the songs ready. And I had a lot of sessions with um, a lot of people in Sweden. So we would do Zoom writing calls and that was- coolest thing yeah sweden's huge on dance music i mean oh, yeah. max martin the, the guy that oh, was yeah. like, <laughs> like any hit ever from like 1998 on for so many years like it's crazy the amount of talent that comes out of there and with zoom now that's it's crazy now you don't have to fly to sweden or fly wherever to work with people you can just hop on the computer and and do yeah. it that way Right, right. It was so cool because here I'd be waking up. I am like super early bird. I get up so early every morning. So for me, it would be like seven in the morning and it's usually like a five hour time difference. So they would be kind of, you know, getting their dinner and we would just sit together while they're sometimes like eating their dinner and I'm drinking my coffee in the morning. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. So it was very fun. Well, it sounds like you already were working with people over the internet, like pretty much your whole career, right? I mean, th- through SoundCloud, it was always, were you always just sending tracks back and forth that way? Yeah. yeah. Basically, all of the things that I had worked on that I've been featured on have just been recorded here and everything is just a back and forth on email most of the time. That's amazing. I mean, you had a leg up on everybody else. You were already doing that. <laughs> then yeah, everyone else had to try to adapt. You're like, oh, I got great this. though now, like being able to be back in person because having that that in person connection when you're writing, I feel like is also so important. So obviously, it's fun to be able to do it on on the internet too, and mm-hmm. back and forth on Zoom calls. But it's also great to be in person and write with someone and finally like be face to face in a room. Yeah, I, I would think that. I've heard two things. I've heard two different stories about writing in person and versus the internet. Like, do you, do you prefer to do it right in person with they're somebody both. else? Co- uh, co-write? I think for me, they're both great. I can work okay. both ways with it, but I definitely do enjoy being in person because I feel like you just get to know someone so much better, you know, yeah. but then again, I am like sitting in my room studio. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause I've heard the story where it's like, you know, you can't, you obviously can't vibe as well over a computer, maybe if you haven't met the person before. And I guess you, you have to figure it out real fast. But then other people are like, I like it because it's just like you get, you know that I'm going to get on the Zoom at, you know, 11 o'clock and it's like business right away. It's not like yeah. shatter and then like, oh, let's go like get some coffee. Like there's a lot like there's all that noise is just kind of cut out and you're have, you're more like focused directly on what you're, you know, came to do. Yeah, you get straight to it. Right, right, right. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm stoked to hear your new songs. Like all, I mean, I love what you have out now. And it sounds like you got a bunch of songs coming out and what an EP as well. Yeah, I'm working on the second EP now. Awesome. That is awesome. And what about live shows? You plan on trying to do a tour or mainly keep it? Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah, that's the dream. The dream. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Well, I'm. It's rather you were able to come out with Slushy and obviously and and do your songs with Stevie Aoki. That's massive. So. Thank you. Congratulations on all of that. And I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much again for having me. This was so much fun. I have one more question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah, definitely. I think 
believing in yourself is a huge part of it. Obviously, not giving up and continuing to find that dream that you're searching for. And also, I think a big part of it is really honing in on that craft and learning more about the skills that you want to be a part of. I actually had a music meeting when I was younger with John Legend and I got to go to his house. Yeah. And sing and play guitar for him. And he had told me that I had artistry. And at that point in my life, I think I was maybe 12. And hearing that at such a young age, I think really helped to shape what I thought about what I wanted to do. And I think a really big part of it is just continuing to be creative and continuing to just do what you love and have that fearlessness of if you have an idea in your head, do it. You never know where it could take you. I love that. I'm actually now I have a follow up question. Yeah. Well, tell me this John Legend story. That's insane. You're 12 years old and you got to go to his house and play your songs for him. Yeah, I How did know that happen? It was amazing um, through some mutual friends. So it was really cool. I got to yeah bring my little guitar and I sang some songs for him. I wish I remembered what songs I sang. I might have even sang one of his songs for him, which is <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, he had like this huge piano and these um, lights that hung down and they were like glass and they had his lyrics of his songs like wrapped all around the glass. It was, <laughs> Of course they yeah. did. Yeah, I know. I have like the mental picture in my head that I will never forget. That's so funny. That's amazing. At 12. Maybe that kind of helped your, your parents be like, OK, <laughs> John Legend co-signed on her. So we should we should move to L.A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 